This episode contains content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. I pride myself on being a teacher who's very open about my sexuality. A drag queen for every school! So I get asked a lot, why be a drag queen music teacher? Why not just be a music teacher? The first day of classes, I go around the room and I ask every person to give me their name and their pronouns. Ask me questions about sex ed and I'm sucked into your loophole. Nearly all the so-called sexual perversions fall within the range of biological normality. Alfred Charles Kinsey. So societies place high value on the lives of children. Children are a promise for the future, a guarantee that your values, history, and traditions survive the test of time. But what happens when a society doesn't actually protect its children? Across Texas, activists are exposing children to things like queer sex education, pornographic books, and really sexualized drag shows. What happens when a generation of kids grows up with unlimited internet access and a really warped idea of sexuality, gender, and identity? I'm Sarah Gonzalez, I'm a Texas mom, and I'm sick of society preying on children. It's time to fight back. This is season four of Exposed, The War on Texas Kids. Do you know how easy it is to completely change your body with hormones? I grew within my first month of being on testosterone. They tend to dance around the children more. They tend to get tipped when they're around the children more because parents are handing the children their money. Why is it so necessary to constantly remind kids of the gender binary that we as a society literally made up? Drag is an exploration of what gender can be. Indiana University, 1948. Professor Alfred Kinsey is about to publish a book that will forever alter America's view of gender and sexuality. I discovered that there is practically nothing known about human sexual behavior in comparison with what we knew about the sexual behavior. Although Kinsey champions his best-selling work as the unveiling of true, unrestrained human behavior, critics for decades to come will question his research methods and his eagerness to assign children sexual traits. So for over a year, Kinsey and his researchers gathered like 5,000 interviews asking Americans for details about their sex lives. They compiled this resulting data into the Kinsey Reports, consisting of his 1948 book, Sexual Behavior in the Human Male, and its companion, Sexual Behavior in the Human Female. Now, Kinsey insisted that his research represented the experiences of average Americans, and uh, I'd say he shocked the country with his statistics, including a claim that 70% of American males had visited a prostitute at least once. Kinsey also created the Heterosexual Homosexual Rating Scale, now known as the Kinsey Scale. The tool declared human sexuality fluid and insisted that sexual orientation operated on a scale from heterosexual to homosexual. But Kinsey's research didn't stop at documenting sexual activity between consenting adults. Now, one chapter of Kinsey's reports entitled Early Sexual Growth and Activity chronicled accounts of rape on victims as young as two months old. Now, although Kinsey claimed his research represented the average American, the report's source material included a highly disproportionate number of imprisoned sex offenders, prostitutes, and pedophiles. Kinsey viewed traditional morality as a cage that prevented people from tapping into their authentic identities, which for Kinsey included pedophilia, bestiality, and incest. 
Despite the intense backlash it received, Kinsey's work went on to influence countless other researchers, including New Zealand psychologist John Money, who coined the term gender fluidity. Money also embraced incest and described pedophilia as a love affair between an age-discrepant couple. For the next few decades, psychologists and university professors continued building on Kinsey and Money's theories, resulting in the sexual revolution. In the late 1960s and early 1970s, the sexual revolution ushered in a new era of American society, encouraging men and women to engage in riskier sexual behaviors and reject traditional values in favor of free love. Now, this new outlook on sexuality led some to question other accepted social norms, fueling the gay rights movement in the 1970s and early 1980s. Now, as protests calling for the acceptance of gay individuals in mainstream culture popped up across the country, universities opened new fields of study focused on these developing social movements. In 1970, San Diego State University launched the country's first women's studies program. Now, as universities spent more time and money researching gender and sexuality, new theories testing the limits of socially accepted norms spread across the country. Expanding on the ideas of Kinsey, Money, and philosopher Michel Foucault, academics in the 1990s developed queer theory. This is a field of study directly challenging traditional notions of binary sexuality. Instead of accepting the terms gay and lesbian, queer theorists promoted gender and sexuality as social constructs, meaning there's no biological reality, only accepted cultural norms, which of course change over time. One prominent queer theorist, Judith Butler, advanced the concept of gender performativity, or the idea that gender is a cultural concept, not a biological one. We act as if that being of a man or that being of a woman is actually an internal reality or something that's simply true about us, a fact about us. Actually, it's a phenomenon that's being produced all the time and reproduced all the time. So to say gender is performative is to say that nobody really is a gender from the start. So to challenge what is called the gender binary, or the idea that male and female are separate biological categories, academics began pushing alternative sexualities until the accepted acronym representing sexual orientations and gender identities jumped from LGBT to LGBTQIA+. And what does the plus stand for? According to the Human Rights Campaign, the plus sign represents limitless sexual orientations and gender identities. Transgender people are individuals who don't identify with the sex they were born as. Non-binary is an umbrella term. It is a nice broad word that just means that you are not male or female. Queer is an umbrella term that describes folks who are not cisgender or not straight. This means that queer can describe sexual orientation or gender identity. Throughout our lives, we learn that you are either a female or a male. What intersex means when you are both male and female. Bisexuality means being attracted to more than one sex or gender. What does it mean to be asexual? Asexuality ultimately means you feel no, little, or conditional sexual attraction or desire for sex. But how did this obscure academic theory enter mainstream culture? This is Tumblr. It's a streaming scrapbook of text, photos, videos, and audio clips. You could say it's a cross between a blog and a Twitter feed. 
to me, uh, Tumblr is very much about creative expression and sort of limitless creative expression. You can share anything. In 2007, 21-year-old David Karp created Tumblr, a social media platform for microblogging. Now, if you've been on social media at all in the past 10 years, you've probably seen a Tumblr post. Thousands of short, funny text posts from the site have been traded across the internet, but they're not Tumblr's only legacy. Tumblr quickly became a hub for college-age students who brought the teachings of queer theory with them. Around 2010, queer and feminist groups from the decaying blog site LiveJournal migrated over to Tumblr, and because of Tumblr's tendency to throw a grab bag of content on users' homepages, their version of progressive politics soon integrated with the site's other content, creating a social justice culture. Ultimately, even users who visited the site just to talk about their favorite TV shows inevitably encountered radical ideologies. Back in 2011, from January to June, the number of blogs on Tumblr skyrocketed from 7 million to 21 million. Data showed that over half of these users on the site were under 25 years old. In contrast with other social media sites like Facebook and Instagram, Tumblr users could participate anonymously and were often only identifiable by their blog's username. The site also had no restrictions on sexually explicit content. As you would expect, this culture of anonymity and pornography drew alternative subcultures to Tumblr, including pro-anorexia groups, MAPS, or minor attracted people, aka uh, pedophiles, modern day witches, and countless other disturbing communities unable to meet in the light of day. In 2017, Apple removed Tumblr from the App Store after finding child pornography circulating among the site's darker communities. The following year, Tumblr banned sexually explicit content, motivating thousands of users to migrate over to other social media platforms and take their radical ideologies with them. As social media platforms were radicalized, the number of children with virtually unlimited internet access skyrocketed. A Pew Research study published in August of 2022 reported that 95% of American teenagers have access to a smartphone and 58% said they would have at least some difficulty giving up social media. But if today's teenagers aren't on Tumblr, where are they? Well, in 2017, Chinese company ByteDance spent $1 billion purchasing Musical.ly, a popular app where users primarily posted videos of themselves dancing and lip syncing to songs. In 2018, ByteDance combined Musical.ly with their own video platform, TikTok. In the next episode of Exposed, we'll examine how our culture is sexualizing children on social media and at events like drag queen shows. Exposed is a production of Texas Scorecard. Scorecard provides news and journalism you can trust. Go to texasscorecard.com today. This episode was edited by Walker York, written by Katie Drollinger, hosted by Sarah Gonzalez, and audio engineering by Drew Cook.